Hi, I'm Scott Cooper, and welcome to the Tales from the Trail podcast. In this episode, I'm joined by Chris Norris, head coach of men's soccer at the College of William & Mary. We welcome one of his former youth players, Mason McKnight. Mason discusses his recruiting story and how he arrived at the decision to attend Lycoming College. His first semester and season at Lycoming left him wanting a different college experience. As a result, Mason chose to transfer to Randolph-Macon College. This is an important discussion for anyone making the decision to attend college. It brings focus to finding the right fit when in the recruiting process. If you're enjoying the podcast and find it valuable, please consider visiting buymeacoffee.com matchplay. These small donations collectively help offset costs and other expenses associated with production of the podcast so I can continue to offer this service for free. Please take an extra minute to rate and review the podcast where you listen. This is a huge help. Share the podcast with whomever you think would be interested and will help in their process. Check us out on social media as well. The links can be found at matchplayrecruit.com. Yeah, right. so like as you were saying right before we hit record, go ahead and uh, mm-hmm. give us the lowdown. <laughs> yeah, so I mean, it was always my goal to play collegiate sports. And I mean, I played soccer my whole life, so that's the route I took. And my sister was a big inspiration for me. She played Division One at UC Upstate and then now play, just finished her fifth year at ODU. So I was always just following the footsteps of what she had done and it was a big inspiration. So once that I saw she could do it, it definitely helped me realize that I could do it as well. So that was how I got started with the journey, I guess. And then I think recruiting for us really picks up round end of like junior year summer and then going into senior year when senior at end of senior year middle senior year, you get a lot of your offers but going into junior year I had just been doing a bunch of camps and just bouncing around trying to see what I like and um, I was really focusing because I hated the cold so I focused on a lot of schools in the south and a lot of big schools that were a little out of reach but there's no way I could find out if they're out of reach unless I tested the water. So that's what I did. I went around to a bunch of schools that I had interest in academically and were a good fit regionally and just tried to see if I could pave a road for myself getting into their soccer program. And a lot of places, all of them, it didn't really work out, but it was a good, good way for me to test the waters there. And uh, towards the end of my process, I had narrowed it down to a couple D3 schools in the ODAC. And I was at a camp in Shenandoah. Um, I got invited out to, to go play because I was good friends with the assistant coach there at the time. And while I was there, one of the, the assistant coach for Lycoming was there and he saw me play and was impressed and would, thought it ought to be a good fit for the program. and. It was, I was kind of hesitant at first because it was so far away from home, really far up north. And like I said earlier, I don't, not a big fan of the cold, but so it was a big risk for me to go and take that jump and go there. And and I ended up liking the facility and the coaches and the school and academically it was a good fit. So I just kind of just 
was, it was a big risk for me. I mean, going to any school is a big risk. You just got to try to find the right fit. And I thought going in to this past fall, it was the best fit for me. But it, I mean, it, things pan out how they do. But as it is now, I, I, it wasn't the best fit for me for a number of reasons. But so I ended up at Lyco and I enjoyed everything except for some experiences with the soccer team there. But I love the school there and the people there are good. But I just honestly wanted to be closer to home too. So that led into my decision to come back home and look at the schools here and out going into during my recruiting process, I had already had a connection with the coach at Randolph Macon and he recruited a couple of the players from our rain team. So I knew there were some guys there that I could reach out to, to see if they enjoy their experience and they all, all had good things to say. So I just reached out and, and it was, a he thought I was a good fit and I really liked the school when I got there on campus afterwards. And then I'm going to, I'll go there in about a month and start that journey. But that's where I'm at as of now is my recruiting process. Yeah. Um, so go back and, you know, when you were, you know, you made the decision that you wanted to pursue being a college soccer player, um, what kind of schools were you looking at? Um, and, uh, you know, what were you, what kind of feedback were you getting from coach Norris there? I don't know when you started playing on his team, but, or when he started coaching your team, that sort of thing. But, you know, what were your initial thoughts and actions as you were starting to pursue that? I think definitely with, I know a lot of players on our team, I mean, everybody on that Reign FC team, except for a couple, ended up playing uh, on a program somewhere. But I think for me, knowing what my sister had gone through, my parents kind of, we kind of had a foot in the door already. So we just really, I think going through that process, it's, reaching out to coaches, making film, um, getting out to camps, inviting coaches to tournaments. And that's really what I did to try to expose myself. And then with talking to Norris about it, he, I mean, obviously, 10-year coach, been through a lot, went through that process himself when he was younger. So he knows that process as well. And I reached out to him and he was a really good help trying to, he has a good lot of connections that helped me get exposure to myself and he also was very one thing that I appreciate from what he did was he was very upfront with me with my I think his evaluation of my skill level going into the recruiting process that helped me a lot and I think a lot of players and I caught caught up with it early on was that D1 dream of like always going to like a top D1 program and it's not realistic for everybody so it was a big big help coach help me realize that sooner that it's not possible for me in a lot of places. So after early on, as I said, I went to a lot of big schools at camps and stuff. And I knew after going to a couple camps at these schools, I knew it was going to work out. And then I focused my attention to some smaller schools, some small liberal arts schools and like the ODAC and closer to home. And that's, so that's where really I went on to like target those schools and you really just got to find the best fit no matter the soccer level there. And coach, I don't remember exactly when 
and started playing on that Rain FC team, but you had us, what, with one legacy season, and then we went to Rain, Or was it? No, uh, no. Two. Two, yeah, and then we switched to Rain. But yeah, we had a, we originally was with me with the just the straight 04 team. And we had, I think, what, seven or eight of us that stayed another year to combine with the 04 05 team. And we had a really strong team that year that as with that team, that strong team, and along with Coach Norris's knowledge and connections, it really helped a lot of us get um, recruited to some of these schools. So yeah, that's, yeah, that's about it. Um, Norris, what do you remember about all that, and you know that team, and and Mason in particular? You know, what were you seeing, and and what were your thoughts in at that point? Yeah, I mean, look, I think um, Mason Mason's experience was, um. You know, not unique in the sense that he had a little bit of background with his sister having gone through the process. I think that that, that helps a lot of a lot of people and a lot of families um, when when you have multiple kids and you've had one or two go through the process already. That can kind of give you some ideas about best practices. Um, if you're not so fortunate, then it's good certainly to be playing in a good club and to have some guidance from people, you know, who have been through the process either themselves um, or have, have tried to help guide other prospective student athletes through the process. And so Mason kind of had a little bit of, of both. Um, and then as a family, they were really good about being engaged in the process. You know, he didn't just hang out and wait around for people to show up at games and watch him play. I mean, they got out and he did a bunch of camps and, like he said, he he really um, pushed the envelope in terms of shooting high early on and setting his sights high early on, and and you know trying to see kind of what level he could achieve. Um, and I think it was it was an interesting process for him. I think Mason um, developed a lot in his final few years, and that included in his case. And this is not necessarily um, the right way to go for everybody, but um, Mason reclassified as well. And, you know, moving back a year probably helped him to be more mature and, and have another year of high level soccer underneath him. And I think that that probably helped his, his process as well. To be fair, when I took the team over, um, that he was first on the 04 team, um, you know, Mason, I don't think was considered, and I, I hadn't really seen the group. I didn't know you know, that much about any of the individuals when I first took the team over, but Mason wasn't somebody that most of the guys that, that I knew who had worked with the team or had seen the team, um, you know, Mason wasn't one of the first guys on the team sheet or wasn't one of the first guys that, that they spoke about in terms of guys that could go on and play in college. And so, you know, I give Mason a lot of credit because he, he had that as a goal. He saw his sister go through the process and then he, he did certain things to give himself the best chance. And it wasn't just about, um, you know, making himself visible by going to camps and figuring out what might be good fits for him. It was also about working hard on his game and trying to give himself the best chance possible to to play at the highest level possible and to find the right fit where, you know, he could get a great education while doing that. And so, you know, um, 
I give Mason a lot of credit. He he was he's definitely been one of the more engaged individuals, and and you know the McKnights are one of the more engaged families as far as really investing in himself, um, as far as Mason investing in himself, and then and then really engaging in the process and getting out and taking full advantage of opportunities. Mason, what kind of stuff did you do to uh, you know help yourself advance and and get more towards what you were trying to achieve? I think on the physical aspect, I mean, coaches say this all the time. It's like you go to practice and you train and that's very important, but you have to spend the extra time by yourself, either in the gym or on the field, just repetition, repetition, getting the little things right. And I think it's not, not everybody has that ability with like field space or tools that they have, but I've always had at my home, I didn't start using it until maybe freshman year, but we've had just a couple like gym equipment pieces in our garage. And as soon as my brain like just snapped and was like, you got, if you want to play at a college level, you have to put on at least some kind of size if you're not, cause I'm not even, I was never the quickest or the most technical player. So I, I really try to attack what my strengths were. And I think the physicality and the vocalization of myself on the field were big things that helped me advance myself over other players. So I definitely going into high school, I needed to decide to one, get bigger, get more physical. And I think one barrier that stops a lot of good players from getting where they want to be is just talking on the field. And coaches always say that. And a lot of players would just overlook it and not do anything about it, but you really have to be talking and communicating with everybody because, I mean, the pros do it. And if you go to any high-level game anywhere, you just listen and they're talking nonstop the whole game. So I think those are definitely two pieces that I took to try and advance myself. Just re- Just realizing what your strengths and weaknesses are early on really helps you grow so that's one physical physically i think that's what really helped me set separate myself from other players and then during the recruiting process i think just asking questions from coaches and coaches that you know like norris and then coaches that you don't know that like what am i doing wrong or not so wrong but what could i do what could could i be doing differently to help more fit what you're looking for. And I, I think after a lot of the camps I went to, I would always reach out afterwards and get feedback because feedback really helped me grow. So I think getting feedback from people you don't know and people you do know will really help a lot. And then just you got to have look at yourself as a product and promote yourself the best you can. And one we use, I think the website sports recruits and to get a lot of exposure myself, I could like upload videos. And so putting the time in with film, just reviewing film to try to get yourself better and then putting together clips for coaches to see is a big thing that helps. Yeah. What was your experience with uh, camps? Camps Um, is can't, I, I mean, I, I really enjoyed camps even though I think a lot of people find it hard, but I think camps made me such a better player. I think going, especially the high level camps early on, because you it's every player experiences it when you play with 
low-level players, it's very easy to drop to their level. But when you play with the very good players at camps like that, you have to step up and it, it helps you grow. So I think camps is just, it's a very tricky situation. You go out there with a bunch of guys you don't know and you have to be able to adapt on the fly to play at these in front of these coaches and the pressure is always on and it's okay to make mistakes, but you gotta, you want to try to keep that to a minimum. And I think I went to a bunch of camps, just my dad wanted me to get as much exposure, exposure as I could and just playing different, being open to playing wherever, because most of the time at these camps, you're going to go to a, to go play or do drills. But mostly when you're playing, there's going to be a bunch of guys in your position fighting for the same thing. So you've got to be open to get as much exposure as you can playing different spots on the field. And that's one thing I think that helped me grow was I'm going in to as recruiting and on the field, I was an outside back, but at these camps, majority of the time I was getting, I had the, to get the most time on the field, I would have to play center back. And I think that really helped me grow as a player to be adaptable and be able to have a different skill set. So I think camps is definitely something that if you have the money to do, because a lot of these camps are very expensive, that it is good for you to experience because you just get a different edge to your game, being able to adapt on the fly with people you've never played with and under the pressure of all these coaches having these eyes on you. So, yeah. Norris, like in your camps or when you're working a camp or whatever, how much are you looking at? you know, their ability to, you know, a player is a, is a left back and you stick them at center back or um, somewhere else on the field completely and, and just their willingness to do it. I mean, I'm sure that's the most important part um, is aside from playing, obviously, but just their their willingness to, to take a challenge on and that sort of thing. How much are you looking at that? Uh, I mean, we definitely are it's it's something that we're observing for sure mm-hmm. you know having guys that have a fixed mindset is is never a good thing um you know it's not the number one quality that we're looking for but it's certainly a positive in in someone's uh, in their toolkit or on their resume if if they're adaptable and if they're resilient and if you know, you can learn a lot of things about their, their soccer ability and their understanding if they can adapt and play in different roles as well. Um, you know, so it, yeah, it's helpful. Um, we say uh, in that kind of environment, like Mason said, the biggest thing was for him was just being able to maximize time on the field, um, to be able to show that kind of resilience and, and willingness to, you know, do what the team needs in certain situations and those things are all positive. Like if we're recruiting from the camp, those are, are things that we like about somebody, but uh, there's also an element of, you know, don't be a jack of all trades and a master of nothing because nobody wants to go into a college program and, and be number two in four different positions, but never be able to be number one in, in a certain position or, or uh, a desired position. So um it's it's definitely a positive it's not the the biggest thing that we're looking for for sure though gotcha um so mason um get back to your path and and um you know you uh 
starting to get recruited, starting to get some attention. And you you mentioned you were at a camp and that's where you met the Lycoming assistant coach, right? Is that, I think yes. that's what you said. Um, and so what was that interaction like and, and you know, how, what kind of visits did you go on and, and um, what were you starting to pick up on that was important to you as you were starting to look at different schools? Um, so I was at the Shenandoah camp when I got that exposure from my coming in. I didn't really usually the process of the camp process of the camp. You get there, coaches will do inter- introductions, and then they'll split you up into groups to do whatever games or drills they want you to do. And then you go through the camp, and at the end, if coaches are interested, they'll usually just come up to you or you have to go up to them depending on if you're interested in their school. But in this situation, the coach, the assistant coach pulled me aside and he liked what he saw. So he gave me his card and told me to reach out if I was open to that, that option of Lycoming. So at that time I hadn't been committed or wasn't thinking of seriously committing anywhere in the upcoming days. So I was like, why not? So I guess, I reached out and we communicated and found a time to get up on campus. And I think, yeah, it's about six, six hour drive from Williamsburg to Lyco. So we got up there, me and my, I think it was my dad one day, we got up there on campus and met up with the coach and he, there was a couple of players on campus that we got to have lunch with, sit down got to pick their brain on what they like about the school and maybe what they don't like. And I had a good time. I mean, I had a good time on that visit and I got to see the, you get to tour camp. It's basically just a tour with the coach and the guys about the school and the program. So, I mean, I had a good time on that visit and got to see all the academic buildings, their athletic facilities and meet a couple of the guys. Right. And, so you, you were starting to like the school. I'm assuming. I mean, you. Uh... Yeah, they're. I mean, they definitely put a lot of. They put a lot of time and money, because it's just. I think there's about 1,100 students there, so it's a very small school. But they do put a lot of time and money into making sure that their facilities are up to date. I think when I got there, the turf field they had just put in for the soccer was going into its second year old, and they had just built a brand new stadium, brand new locker rooms for soccer and lacrosse alone. And then all the other sports had their new, new stadiums. And when leaving this year, they're just building a new baseball stadium. So they're definitely looking to keep, keep up with the amount of people that are coming in and the use their money wisely as well. When I got there, they had redone all the classrooms to have new decks, desks, whiteboards and some teachers prefer blackboards so they had the blackboards in there so i mean i going in i really enjoyed seeing a lot of the buildings and the facilities to see that they're actually keeping up with everything so yeah i did like it when i had visited the first time right so you went on other visits and saw other places talked to other coaches and teams and and players and that sort of thing right yes Uh, and so what made Lycoming stand out for you and and ultimately choose to commit there? I think just the appeal. I mean, like I said, they are very updated. I think nobody wants to go to a school where everything is run down and dirty. 
and a lot of the the D3 programs that don't have a lot of that the school doesn't choose to put a lot of funding into maybe athletics that it can't it's not very appealing to some athletes so seeing that they were keeping things updated and nice was a big bonus for me to take that step and as well as just the appeal of the team and the program itself I mean I knew going in I wasn't going to get a bunch of playing time because of I think they brought back like 15 they like 15 seniors and like uh out of 15 there was like three or four fifth years at a, at a D3 program, which you're starting to see now is a lot more common, but that's not a lot of most of the time at these D3 schools, they'll just move on right after. But seeing that they had a lot of guys with experience, I was thinking this would be a good year to make a run to the NCAAs. And that was, I think that for me, that is my ultimate goal as an athlete is just, just to try to experience that one time and see play at that level would be very fun and cool so I think that that appeal of this team being at a very high level was going to help me either now that I'm transferring out prepare myself for the next school I play at or prepare myself to play for the next four years at that program so just being at that high level with a lot of those guys made it very appealing to take that step and to go there Mm -hmm. um and so what uh made you like what were some of the criteria that actually you were thinking of um, to evaluate schools and, and what made you, you know, kind of that broken leg test, right? Where you're, you know, if you, if you couldn't play anymore, you know, Lycoming would, would be the place for you. I think really after you just go after athletics, you just go straight into academics. And I think like, like is not like a top, wild very smart school but it does have a very strong core of academics and one thing that also was a that drew me there was they had just introduced a entrepreneurship class there that I had applied for and got a scholarship for there and uh, with that scholarship I just had to minor in entrepreneurship and this so that I that was a big thing for me going there and I got there and I took the base level entrepreneurship course with the new professor that was leading the course and he had come from he's a tenured guy he's been teaching for a very long time and he was I very I enjoyed his teaching and I when I met him on zoom for the first time I thought he was a very interesting guy and I could learn well from him so that was a big thing for me looking past soccer and college that if I was able if I was for some reason to stop playing that I think what I would learn from him and other teachers there would prepare me to get a job after school. And I think I can't remember exactly what they were ranked, but the newest um, liberal arts schools ranking Lyco had, they were ranked in the top 100 this year. So it was a very strong liberal arts school and the academics there were, were pretty good. So that's, that's one thing that I think was a big plus going there as well outside of soccer. Cool. Um, and so once you got the Lycoming, um, you know, what was the soccer like and, and um, you know, what were the differences that you saw immediately from playing on coach Norris's team to 
playing in college and and uh was it what you expected i mean it it was definitely what i was ex- i expected cuz i had at a lot of the camps i went to they would at the end of the camp you usually have like an all-star game where you get to play against some of the guys so at, at having those experiences i get to i got to see a little glimpse of what going head to head with a lot of these guys is like and it's just the speed of the game is just so much faster at that that at any college program and i think just when i got there we just hopped right into it i got there like a week before classes started and it was just athletes on campus and it it for a week it, my whole life was just at the field or in the gym just nonstop so it was very heavy for that for those first couple weeks there and i think just the speed of play was the big difference for me there i think like i said i wanted to prepare myself as much as i could physically so i think i was i was pretty close or at that level physically to compete with a lot of these guys but just their understanding of the game and their speed of play was is what separated them from me and some of the other freshmen primarily in that for those first couple of days but as the season progressed i think a lot of us a lot of the freshmen i think there was a group of 7 of us most of us were competing to try to be the first or second guy and, and one of us Aiden in Stillman he was a good friend of mine there he was actually getting a ton of minutes towards the end of the season and had been taking on a bigger role in the team going forward so it was it I think a lot of us were very adaptable and were looking to grow at at that freshman core and I think it's very it was very not easy it was a lot of hard work but definitely definitely we definitely could step up to that level if we had more time or if I had more time, I think I would be there next year. I was looking to try to step into a bigger role for the team, but a lot of the, like I said, Aiden had already began that process. So I think seeing him do it made it very, made me realize that a lot of us could too. Right. Um, Norris, did I miss anything through the recruiting process? I kind of glossed, through some of that, but uh, is there anything that comes to your mind that I didn't pick up on? Or... I'm not trying to put um, you on the spot. I'm just trying to think, just tr- asking if you remember anything from all that that stood out. All right, cool. <laughs> I mean, not 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 necessarily specifically. I mean, if we were if we were gonna. Uh, push Mason on it a little bit. I think if you if you were, what was what was it about uh, just the soccer piece of of Lycoming that that um, you know made you think that it might be more of a challenge for you than some of the other places that were recruiting you? I think definitely just the coach, the head coach there had. I can't remember. I think what is twenty twenty three. They won the. They were in the MAC. They'd won the MAC. I think five years ago when I got there, and the coach was had a couple other season wins. And he, his first season there, he had a he had a ragtag team that he had put together with what he had got coming into there, and they had won the conference. So I think 
just the coach being there. He was a good coach and seeing what he could do compared to some of the other coaches out there, what I was looking at was a big plus, but the team when I got there was just not what I was expecting, but I think definitely the coach and the players. And like I said, they had a lot of seasoned guys that knew what they were doing at this level. So I thought, Definitely that having that amount of older guys there would help me grow on a personal level for just myself and playing in a team setting with a lot of guys that knew what they were doing compared to some of these other programs that maybe didn't have. Like I said, like a lot of these D3 programs are now starting to have a lot of older guys stay, but I feel like a couple of years ago, you wouldn't see that as much. Yeah. Um. So you mentioned that it wasn't quite what you expected. So run us through the season and, and you know, what kind of experience was it and, you know, what made you ultimately decide to transfer? I think the – the I went over this with Noor, so he already knows a little bit. But I think just finding the right fit and being happy was what really made me decide to leave. Like, I just – being so far from home was a big thing that was on my mind every day that I was there. It's just like just little things like being able to drive home and see your parents that I couldn't do because I was six hours away or see friends that I had grown up with my whole life. But just not being able to have that took a toll on me mentally a lot outside of soccer and then inside of the soccer aspect I think I was up for the challenge physically. Um, I was really looking forward to, I mean, I'm not afraid to fail whatever happens. So I was looking forward to just getting out there and playing. But I think the big thing that really just made me leave was just the, the morale with the team and how a lot of guys handled setbacks or issues on the field or mistakes on the field and I just I just didn't had it hadn't experienced that on the club level especially with Norris's team and any other team I've been with I think I thought we were all very connected and obviously at the club level you play with a lot of these guys for a long time so you know their strengths and weaknesses and you know them on a personal level but it is when I got at Lyco I thought it was just going to be like that where I thought that it would be everybody would be together as a team, but when after the season, it was very there's it was very divided, and that's just one thing that I think that if you want to be a team that pushes for titles or wins a lot of games, you have to be able to play together, and I think that's one thing that the program didn't have this season, so that's what I think made me decide to leave. Yeah, I mean, what uh, what do you think was causing that division and, and you don't think it was going to get better? I think a lot, of, a lot of the guys just had massive egos and were not going to get over that to put the team first. Um, they were just, they thought they were at the top of the world and that looking down on a lot of the younger guys, I think a lot of the older guys, and you're going to find that in a lot of places that, Maybe these older guys will be a little rougher on the younger guys, but I think from from my perspective and some maybe some of the other freshmen that I talked to, they 
just found it very hard to f- get any growth because of the treatment they were getting from some of the older guys on the team. And I think that's one thing that really affected me was not be able to push past that it was these guys aren't willing to change for the betterment of the team. So that's what I think really made me look at other options because I just not being happy outside of soccer and then going to play soccer as one thing that I always found happiness in and then not being happy there was just too much for me to handle on top of college and the stress of other things in life. So it just, it just made, that was the trigger point for me at the end of the season to try to look for another option. Yeah. I mean, do you think that, I mean, looking back, do you think that there were indications when you're making your, on your visits that would have been clues to the culture of the team or it was that not something that you would have seen? I don't think, I mean, I only meeting, I only met like a portion of the guys when I went up on the visit and a lot of them were younger guy, the younger guys, they were the freshmen at the time, the sophomores when I got there. And I think it was a lot of the, our freshman core and the sophomore core on the team were very connected and had a good chemistry, but the junior and senior classes, I didn't get to talk a lot on the, on the, my visit, but when I got there, there was definitely a division between the older and younger guys. And they, uh, like I said, they, the older guys weren't willing to change for reasons that they had, they have of their own. But from my opinion, I just think they just had too big of egos and weren't willing to put that aside to help the team grow. Gotcha. Um, so Norris, just in general terms, like when you're talking to coaches, when you're looking into programs that you're interested in as a recruit, um, what are some just good ways to to investigate, I guess, uh, for lack of a better word, um, you know, what the team's like, you know, how the players interact and all that good stuff to kind of get an idea of what you're getting yourself into? Uh, I mean, ask questions, but probably even more importantly is be really observant. Um, and, and, you know, for, for a situation like Mason's where it's far, you know, to get there, you can't go regularly and watch the team play or show up at a practice, that kind of thing. It makes it hard to, to kind of learn those things for sure. Um, you know, I, I would recommend for any prospective student athlete, Get out to your local schools, even if they're schools that you're not necessarily that interested in. Like, go watch them play. Go see how players interact with one another. You know, see how players are after a loss, for example. But more importantly, when you do get to visit schools that you are interested in and that hopefully are interested in you, soak up as much as you can. Don't be a passenger on those visits. Don't just show up and think like, Oh, this is going to be cool. Like they'll, they'll just lead me through the day and um, you know, I'll, I'll learn a lot and I'll figure it out from there. Have legitimate questions um, prepared that will help you get to the bottom of whether a school is going to be a good fit. And the culture part is a big, a big piece of that for most, most kids. Um, it's not just about what happens on the field. It's, it's going to be about that overall experience. And, and for most people, when you're spending that kind of time within a group, 
you know, having commonality in terms of values, goals, you know, work ethics, um, maybe even the social aspect, like those are going to be things that are important to you as you're navigating those four years. And, um, you know, cultures, it's a, it's a tough thing to build and an easy thing to have kind of break down. Um, and so, and it doesn't, it's not going to necessarily, even, even in a given program, it's not going to necessarily be the same from year to year, even from semester to semester because of the constant turnover of, of players that are graduating or, or completing eligibility. Um, and so, you know, trying to figure those things out, I think is, is really important and valuable. You, you first have to start with understanding yourself, doing some soul searching and figuring out what's really important to me about being part of a team. And if those things don't exist for you, once you figure that out at a given place, then you're probably not going to be happy there. Um, so really, you know, do a deep dive. Like we hear all the time when we ask people like, what's important to you? And, or what are you looking for in a school? And, and the basic answer is good soccer and good academics. And it's like, okay, well, that's not really what's most important to you. Um, there's going to be, you know, 15 other things that determine whether you're happy or not in a given place. And you really got to know that about yourself so that you can evaluate that at each of the places you're considering. Right. Yeah. So, um, Mason talk about, you know, your process to find someplace else to go. Um, or actually what made you decide, like, what was, was there, was it just the whole season as a whole, or was there kind of a, an event that, that kind of drove you to say, you know what, I gotta, I gotta get closer to home and go to someplace, someplace different. I think there's, there was numerous events that happened that just were buildups over the season. And after the season ended, we had a tough loss in the conference final to Catholic. So morale was very low at that time. And I, I wasn't really majorly affected by that because I had already felt kind of excluded from the team. So I was like, it was hard for me to connect to what a lot of players were feeling based on the treatment I'd received before that season ending game. So after like, I was already looking into just not looking into, but just thinking of places that I could go that would be closer to home or have a better fit. And I looked into a lot of, a lot of my friends ended up at CNU and where they were, they knew about my unhappiness there and were asking about the possibility of looking into that program. And when the time came, I did look into it and it just didn't pan out how it, how I would like, like to have had it, but things happen how they happen. And I'm very happy to be finding a fit at Randolph Macon where I'd also had, like I stated earlier, um, three, so Connor, the twins from the Rain FC team both ended up at Randolph-Macon. So I've reached out to them and like coach said, you've got to ask the deep questions when you're recruiting coaches. And that's not a co question I asked the Randolph-Macon coach, but I definitely, I picked their brains about how they felt about the team morale before I even reached out to the coach and was just like, do you, are you happy here? And all of them had good things to say about the team that said they had a good culture and they hang out a lot outside of soccer, which is a, always a plus that I think at 
Lyco, it wasn't like that. It was just a lot of time it would just be each class hang out by themselves, even if they're hang out. Most of the time they we didn't have any team building experiences outside of soccer. So I think seeing that a lot of the guys I knew had found that at other schools just was a big thing for me, seeing that I could find a good culture somewhere else. And that was originally from primarily for me what led me to take that next step and taking that next step I had to have you don't always have to have the conversation with your coach about going into the portal but I think it's very important on a respect level to have that conversation because on the coach at Lyco on that level he has shown me nothing but respect and was a big help throughout the process going there and leaving there he helped me because he understood that I just wasn't happy there and he was trying to find what was best for me so that process was just make first making a decision of wanting to find another program which I also talked to Norris on the phone about um once I made that decision that he really helped me find to make that decision like to to be happy so that's he helped me make that decision is what I'm trying to say but so then I had to go to the coach and I had that conversation which was not an easy conversation but it is it's a very important one to have and then you I had to go to the school's compliance officer and put my name in the portal and after I put my name in the portal I had um a couple coaches like I said I had reached out to CNU and there was a color other coaches that I had connections to before going to Lyco from the my earlier recruiting process that I reached out to and I reached out to Randolph Macon's coach and I mean I I really liked their program and everything beforehand before choosing Lyco but I just thought that Lyco's chance of going deep in winning a lot was what made me ultimately make that decision but I wasn't correct with that decision but it is what it is and I'm really happy with where I'm ending up now but I just reached out to the coach there and he wanted to make sure I was in the portal so we could make go forward with the next steps and had a good conversation about where he saw me then and now and where I could fit on the team and just having that conversation made me realize that that was probably the best fit for me out of the schools I was looking at at the time. And then I made that decision. And after I got off the phone with the coach, I reached out. I called my dad right away to make sure that he was on board with something like that. And then I talked to my mom and everybody, everybody was on board with it. So I reached back out to the coach and we're just inquired about the next steps I had to take to complete the transfer process. Cool. Um, what are the, kind of the highlights of the actual transfer process for anyone listening who might be thinking about it? Um, it's definitely, it's, I think it's easier than most people think. Like, I mean, to get in the portal, I really just had to write an email to the compliance officer and, outline my reasons of wanting to leave and he the compliance officer was I mean 
I think at every school, they're very busy people, but I try, I wanted to speed up the process as much as I could. So I reached out to the coach and asked the coach to reach out to the compliance officer to see if he could get me in as soon as possible. And he did. And once I was in, then I could go through it. But I think getting into the portal is much, yeah, it's definitely a highlighter. It's just easier than a lot of people think. And then just if you, unlike me, because I didn't, I feel like a lot of people might not have the connections that I did from the previous recruiting process. So if you don't have those, then the process is definitely, it was very hard getting in, just like getting in all the right paperwork and all that stuff is very long drawn out process of filling out the paperwork, sending it over, getting more paperwork. So that's, that was hard for me already having a connection with a, a program, but people that might not have that connection might find it even harder to first originally find a new program because a lot of these, a lot of people nowadays, I mean, there's so many people that go into the portal and just don't find a new home. So I think it, I was, I'm very grateful that I had a good connection with the coach originally and was able to find a new home. But a lot of people I think might find it hard taking the next steps of finding somewhere else to play. Yeah. Um, Norris, do you have any commentary on the transfer portal and uh, the whole process? Or I know that it's a big part of what you're doing. Um, well, what college sports is dealing with right now in general. I, I, no, look, I think the, the biggest takeaway from um, Mason's situation, I mean, well, you may not be able to learn everything that you – or you may not know what you don't know you know, in the, in the initial process. Um, and so the portal exists and does provide opportunity for you to correct a, you know, mistake might not be the right word, but to, to be able to find a better fit. If the fit that you chose the first time around, isn't exactly what you thought it was going to be. Um, you know, it shouldn't be like, I think the important takeaway from Mason's situation is that it's not all about soccer and it's not because exclusively because he's not, he wasn't playing as much as, you know, other guys on the team or whatever, um, that it really is about the overall fit, the overall feel. And fortunately the portal exists to help you solve situations like that, where you aren't really in the right situation. Um, you know, it, it hopefully people are using it that way. And, and, uh, you know, the majority of people that are in the portal are ultimately finding a better scenario or a better situation, um, you know, to use it, to just try to ladder climb or to get out of a situation where you aren't getting what you want, but maybe you're not willing to work that hard for it is not necessarily, you know, um, the intent of the portal or what I think it, it should be utilized for. So I think it's it's important to take away that, you know, it's great that it exists. It's I think it's been really helpful that Mason had this opportunity to to try to find a better fit after, you know, going away for a semester, but that it's not a decision that should be taken lightly. Um, and it shouldn't on the front end of, of the process, the existence of the portal shouldn't cause you to make a frivolous decision on the front end or feel pressured to make a decision 
without really knowing what you need to know at that time to make the best decision possible. Well said. Um, gentlemen, what else we got? Anything? I can't think of I mean, one thing that I want to touch on earlier was when uh, Norris, Coach Norris had stated that you should get out and see local teams. And I think one thing, I mean, having Coach Norris as a William Mary head coach and coaching me was a big, big help and everything. But going out and seeing the William Mary team play was also a big help, I think, seeing how those guys interacted. Like, one thing that I, I mean, I, it wasn't like I was like, I wanted to go to William Mary, but I think one thing that was cool about their team was I think a lot of the guys all have those cool nicknames and everything. And just like hearing that on the field is like just seeing like how tight knit a lot of the team was, was very just like cool to see. And I think that's one thing that I was hoping to have at a program that I didn't, but seeing that it is possible at places like William and Mary or places my friends have gone was just something that was, I value greatly. Yeah, well, I hope you found that now and uh, you uh, have a great time at Randolph. Yeah, yeah. So, um, anything else, guys? Norris, no more uh, sage words? I don't think so. You, know. you used them all up? <laughs> yeah, no, Mason's, Mason's, Mason's story is, uh, you know, a good one and a positive one for mm-hmm. – Perspective student athletes to learn from for sure. Absolutely. Yep. All right. Hold on one sec. Thank you for listening to the Tales from the Trail podcast by Match Play. If you're enjoying the podcast and find it valuable, please consider visiting buymeacoffee.com slash matchplay. These small donations collectively help offset costs and other expenses associated with production of the podcast so I can continue to offer this service for free. Please take an extra minute to rate and review the podcast where you listen. This is a huge help. Share the podcast with whomever you think would be interested and will help in their process. Check us out on matchplayrecruit.com for our social media links. See you on the trail.